Hello. Hey. <laughs> we felt like you as viewers had a right to know what was happening. <laughs> the most amazing thing just happened. I, I tried to do it again. And I wish that we were on video right now. <laughs> I haven't opened up the top of the shaker because I'm concerned. <laughs> so... <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Theology <laughs> on the Rocks. Um, Leah is currently trying to make our signature drink of the week. <laughs> but I didn't think. <laughs> I think about a lot of things all day long. All day. And as I was lo- talking to Christy on WhatsApp before we officially started talking, I decided that I wanted to do all of this like proper so I put it in a shaker. <laughs> Only the ingredients. The ingredients. Uh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Christy, yeah. I'm going to open it. Please. Please open in caution. Okay. Let's, before I open the top of the shaker, we're just going <laughs> to waste some time here to give it a minute. Um, our signature drink of the week, which we are both drinking. Well, we haven't drank yet. We have not drank it yet. Because I haven't opened the top of it yet. <laughs> is, um, was sent to us by a viewer and friend, uh, Mr. Trip Fuller of Homebrew Christianity, who had once talked to me about the redneck martini, <laughs> which <laughs> had to do with Mountain Dew energy drink and vodka. Then that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's a apparently a favorite of rural firefighters rural in North firefighters everywhere. Mountain Dew and vodka, and mm. Mountain Dew is carbonated. And so I was, Christy was all like, I just mixed it together, and I and and, and Leo was like, I am going to do this like the classy Georgia lady that I am, and so I put it in a shaker, and then all of a sudden regretted every choice I'd ever made. So, did did Stuart make the "I'm not mad, I'm disappointed" face? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then just immediately walked out the door. Yes, that is he the just, appropriate response. Yeah, he he had brought me said Mountain Dew and other things, and then saw me doing what I was doing, <laughs> shook his head, and then walked out the door. Stuart. Uh, Leah's husband has resigned Indeed. himself to this life of <laughs> constant disappointment with Christy and I specifically. Yeah, we is. came we came home from the beach once, and that'll be that needs to be its own episode. But we were so sunburnt and truly, I, truly had thought we had not gotten sunburnt. We we were basically dead people walking, and <laughs> it, it it was just his face. He went from concerned about our health to disappointed in record time. <laughs> really fast. Really fast. To the point where I was like, do you like me? <laughs> I mean, I... It, okay, I'm going to open this now. Okay. Am I echoing? Because I hear myself echoing. So. Uh, while we pour our drinks, again, welcome everyone. Theology on the Rocks. This is Christy. Oh. That's Leah. How's it going over there, Leah? <laughs> it popped really loud. You probably... <laughs> It made a noise that shouldn't have been made. (laughs) I'm pouring it now. We're here to have drinks, have fun, and answer theology questions. And as we promised, we're taking suggestions for drinks. You can leave us suggestions in a multitude of ways because we have been incredibly productive this week and gotten things together. As as we drink, as we drink vodka Mountain Dew vodka. and Mountain Dew, yes, we've been super productive. Um, so our Instagram, one of, one of us ended teaching this week, and one of us didn't. I'll let you figure out which one is which. <laughs> one of us is procrastinating grading, and one of us has finished that. <laughs> one of us has discovered how difficult it is to walk with a martini glass. My gosh, I, right? I, how also, do you fancy ladies do this? This is this is much fancier than I feel ever it's so high so i have um i have to give a shout out to um 
the love of my life, Mark Alexander, he's um, works at Glasgow University, gave us these martini glasses for our wedding gift. Um, and we we have two of them out of the wrapping because that is the only two that have been used. Because um, <laughs> you don't typically do martinis at parties. Maybe uh, yeah. this will change my mind. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I... Are we, are you about to drink? Okay, wait. I got to get really low. I was gonna say. I want you, you to. I want you to picture this. The martini glass is on a counter that is about to my waist. I'm about five eight, so I'm not short <laughs> like Christy. And um, I'm I'm in a basketball pose, and I'm gonna <laughs> sip it from You're the top. Sip it. I. Uh, and I'm sure there's a better way to do this. No doubt. I, I am drinking out of one of my late grandmother's very fancy crystal cordial glasses because it's the closest I had to a martini glass. So I'm pretty sure we showed up. <laughs> like we right. showed up as I I'm also in my pajamas again. Who's out, who's out of semester? Who's not? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Cheers. Virtual cheers. 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 Here's the theology. Oh, oh, that's so gross. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Trip, what are you trying to do? Trip. <laughs> that tastes like friends. I'm gonna go back for a second dip. <laughs> mm. Oh god. Oh. oh tomorrow is gonna be rough. Oh. Is that how martinis are supposed to taste? Uh, don't drink I, them. I don't drink I don't I had to buy vodka for this experience. Oh. Oh my goodness. Wow. I just keep saying oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the best start to a podcast that has ever happened. <laughs> I think so. This is it's like it's like, you know, take podcast classes, you gotta describe it to your listeners. I'm just sitting here saying oh over like I've been oh, shot oh. over and over again. And that's probably like about right. I yeah, I am crying a little. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. It burns a bit going down. It hurts. <laughs> Whew, Maybe uh, we didn't do the measurements right. I what measurements? He said vodka and Mountain Dew. <laughs> there was the one to four, three to. Uh, well, yeah. anyway, well, this well, is what we're committed to now. It, so I'm we've committed, t- and I, I'm now I make no promises the- about the rest of this. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna keep going. I'm uh, committed. No, I mean I'm gonna finish this. Okay, I'm gonna. But my level of sobriety is quickly dropping. I'm going to scoot over to a seat with my martini glass again. <laughs> if there's any suggestions about how to walk properly with a martini, I'm in. A, I'm in flip flops and pajamas, and this is a struggle. Truly, if anyone wants to teach us how to drink like the classy ladies, we should be. Oh my god! All right, so let's let's pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've gotten together our Instagram. So you can find us on Instagram. It's Theology on the Rocks. Uh, we Indeed. are also on Twitter. Our, our Twitter is just Theology Rocks because we also are excited about it. It's true. Um, and we also have an email, which is christyannleah at gmail.com. We somehow snagged them. It was a miracle. <laughs> it was a miracle. I saw uh, someone has Theology Rocks too, and I'm sorry for Theology Rocks too at Twitter because clearly they had oh. wanted to get Theology Rocks and someone had it. <laughs> so as, as I wiped it up. I know as I snatched Theology Rocks, I was like, so quickly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, we are also on Facebook again, Theology on the Rocks. Um, and we do have a, a link tree on all of those things so you can get to um, our podcast which is currently on Spotify but we're working on getting it to Apple and we you are. can get to Leah's book so that you can order that um, and other exciting links as things happen. It gets better as you go. It does. You've, <clears throat> I'm numb to the <laughs> the horrors. <laughs> I'm <laughs> She says, as her face goes numb. Yeah, you can't taste it as much when your mouth loses. Keep going. It's just... Oh, gosh. Well, Ooh, well thanks, Trip. This is... this is a delight. delight. Our... <laughs> her best drink oh, yet. Oh, before we get started, I have to do a I'm so freaking sorry corner. <laughs> yes. That's what yeah. we're going to call it. 
I'm, I'm so, so freaking, freaking sorry. sorry. <laughs> Can I? Please do. Please. From the bottom of my heart, give a I'm so freaking sorry. <laughs> Which foot? <laughs> I'm so freaking sorry. Let me buy you a redneck martini. Switch we will. Foot. We will I, make a redneck martini for them. I will. I will do a keg of redneck martinis. I knew as it was coming out of my mouth that it was wrong, and <laughs> because it was spontaneous, and I thought it was just us two listening, I was like, "This is definitely not Switchfoot, who I'm talking about." In fact, it was not. I was talking about Skillet, two very different political bands. Very different bands. Switchfoot clearly is the better band in every way. I have, I'm going to buy tickets to your Charlotte show. And also, I have already bought tickets to St. Petersburg, which actually they know because they saw it on our Instagram story. They viewed it. Well, again, I'm so freaking sorry. (laughs) I just, it's like I said, it's been a minute. It's been a minute for these old, these old heels. It has. I've I've traveled a bit since then around the world and back (laughs) again, and all the the names get mixed up. You know, get confused. You know, we, we've, forced out a lot of really good important practical information so that we could remember things like how to spell Schleiermacher on this on the fly which by the way I misspelled once in the book (laughs) no No, I I caught it beforehand don't worry unless it's misspelled again I mean he's in there quite a bit so (laughs) oh that's okay one time uh my seminary professor told us that on a certain page there was a, a misprint and that the word public was missing the L. Oh. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you read Schleiermarker and it had some E's or I's out of whack, you'd probably be like, well, and... People, yeah, it's understandable, but no, no. Ooh. No. And this is our assigned textbook. Hundreds of students read this every semester. Ooh. Yeah. You got to get that second edition out real quick. <laughs> got to make sure you fix that soon. <laughs> I know. I just, I haven't read through mine. I'm just like, you know, we're just going to leave it. It's, it's it. with the Lord now. It's with but the it's, Lord now. It's also with, with you. Lord. You have it now. This oh, is an I, update. Oh, 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 I do. Yeah, no, from last week I, I didn't, and and, and now I now do. I do. Now I do. What um, was it like holding your book for the first time? Uh, fear and trepidation. <laughs> I I didn't. It's it's stuff being. I don't know. I I have I have a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome. I don't think that I have that. Like I. But I do feel that I know significantly less than most people. And that's just generally speaking. Um, I understand that because I also feel that. But rest assured, Leah, that you know many more things than lots of people. So. Thank you. Thank you. And well, I did check over your book for you. And it, it that's the only reason she's saying this right now. Because <laughs> she, she was held accountable by saying <laughs> St. Peter and all the rest or whoever's at, whoever's at the game. Yeah. So, uh, no, it felt really good. It, I did, I'm not going to lie about the fear and trepidation. It did feel that. And then I saw, um, I had, uh, three academics who, uh, put recommendations on the back. Yeah. Uh, John Swinton and Anthony Reddy and Trip Fuller, who I respect very much. All three. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was in some ways, was just as exciting as the book because I was like, okay, these cool people read it and they like it. And yeah, that's fun. So we'll see. I mean, oh, someone, <laughs> someone on Homebrew Christianity did put up that um, we were the false prophets that were predicted or something. Oh, in the, you bi- in the Bible. Oh, exciting. I know. I thought I was really excited about that too. Is this like, the first time you've been called a heretic? Uh, I'm sure it's not. I don't do, I'm not really good with the socials, which most people know, except for Instagram. Um, so I'm sure it's not, but I've never been called a false prophet in the Bible. So like I actually (laughs) predicted. I've yeah. Like we, and I know Leah shows up in the Bible, but I (laughs) didn't know she was, she was a false prophet, (laughs) but, um, so, so I was pretty pleased with that. I feel like that's how, I guess, you know, you've made it. I do. I think that that's a good, a good sign that you've made it a good way to feel like part of the group. Mm. Um, Although it was just on a picture of like, um, 
me and Tripp and Sarah Lane Ritchie and I'm so sorry, I don't know your name, but the pastor of a church that's local in Charlotte is also going to be at the book launch and I will learn your name and also buy you a redneck martini. <laughs> I apologize. Um, but so I'm not sure which of us were false pro or if it was just. It's just the collective of you. Maybe. Maybe he's maybe. particularly angry at somebody, though. Well, there's four of us, so we could be some apocalypse folks. How many is it in the the four horsemen? Yeah. You guys are the four yeah. horsemen, yeah. Yeah. I choose pestilence. <laughs> <laughs> the end. I think the pestilence is this redneck martini, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, as it. <laughs> as it affects my, my nostrils. <laughs> so the podcast we today, we had some really good questions and we definitely are going to want to like move into those questions as we go along. Um, but we did have one that we thought was pretty foundational where someone asked us, um, what is theology? And I thought that was kind of a good question because some people, I think there's an assumption with these podcasts that people just know. And mm -hmm. especially our friends who are not, who didn't choose the path we chose Yes, <laughs> and are actually making money in the world that, you know, maybe they don't know what theology is. And yeah, so it was a great question. We got a lot yeah. of good questions and uh, like Leah said, we're definitely keeping track of everything so that we can get to everything. So keep the questions rolling in, but um, yeah, it was a good way of kind of reminding us that um we want to make sure that this is accessible for everyone, not just people who've already been studying it. So, um, yeah. So thanks to Garen for the question. And um, we're just going to talk about what we both think theology is and how we do theology. Yeah. I mean, and I, I will start by saying, well, let's start simpler than what I was about to say. <laughs> And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I was just about to launch into something that Christy corrected me on later on, which was very helpful. Um, so theology, I have always learned, was the idea that it changed as I learned it. I grew up Baptist, Southern Baptist, mm -hmm. uh, bless my heart. So theology always was sort of what the pastor said God was like. And yeah. what God said. And so there was this very kind of authoritative version of um, uh, and kind of a singular understanding of what theology was in the church. And then as I went to seminary and got my PhD, it became this thing of like, well, theology is what we do in, in the world. It's, it's sort of this idea of the, the living document, the human living document. You don't read about what other people think about theology. Instead, you uh, look at how other people who have read those things are actually acting them out. And so that's where I ended up in terms of practical theology, because I became far more interested in the living human document, which, by the way, is a phrase um, taken from pastoral theologians. I absolutely uh, did not make that up. Um, right. that, that'd be amazing if I did, but I didn't <laughs> really got to think of one of those. Um, <laughs> But uh, the 1900 pastoral theologian. So, um, but yeah, so that's sort of where I landed in terms of what theology is, is I don't really see it as like God giving like instructions down from the heavens or God, you know, giving certain people instructions, which is what I grew up with. But actually this idea that, you know, perhaps there are certain things that are written or certain things that are portrayed or, you know, certain things that exist in the world like nature etc um mm -hmm. that people interact with that then they enact theology they enact this sort of god-given gifts i suppose into the world and that's how i th see theology but that's because i'm a practical theologian so yeah um that's my world basically um no i think that's great i think that one of the things that you always say that i find really important and have often started quoting you is that all theology is practical theology. Um, yeah. That's Gordon, Gordon Kaufman's again, there's no <laughs> new thoughts under the sun. My God. Well, um, but yeah, there's that sort of our, our little, uh, I mean that and the fact that Schleiermacher um, said that we were the uh, crown of the theological sciences, um, yes. which probably doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean what it, 
exactly say it means, but we'll say it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we're the best. We're the best. We are amazing. We're, oh. This redneck martini is making me think that we're the best. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. So I do think all theology is practical. I think that uh, most of the stuff that we have written in books is not coming from some heavenly source. It's just stuff that people saw that's been abstracted out and put into like a systematic framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we read the ones that abstracted it and made sense. Um, sometimes ignoring the people that actually acted out on occasion. Um, cause we like that hierarchical structure. We want people to tell us how to think and feel and do. So it's hard yeah. easier to just read them than to watch them. It is so much easier to have somebody just tell you what to do. Um, mm-hmm. And to to find a list of rules. But I think this is what attracted me to theology so much was that it was more abstract and that it was dealing with the gray areas more than what I had grown up with, which is similar. Uh, my family kind of bounced around various types of evangelical churches. Um, we weren't really super stable in one denomination or non-denomination, but the idea that I had always had was that we would read the Bible and then develop thoughts about it just from this book. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it, it was just a lot of people kind of explaining what the Bible was saying. And when I started at seminary and I met with the administration or I don't even the admissions counselors or somebody, and they were telling me all the different types of programs. They were explaining that when you do biblical studies, it's a lot about that idea. You're looking at the languages and um, the context and who wrote it, uh, that kind of stuff. But theology was more about what the ideas are that are coming out of what the biblical scholars have, have given us and then the practical outworking of it. Um, and so there was more of that kind of abstract nature. So one of the things that I like to tell students a lot, especially when I'm teaching classes, either about systematic theology or, um, a kind of, uh, more focused Christian theology class is that what I'm not doing is just, uh, sitting down and reading Bible verses and then telling you what they're about. Um, and that that's a great practice, but that's a different practice. Um, just to kind of really like set their expectations a little bit, uh, because I find that that's a lot of the questions I get is like, what does this word mean in Hebrews or whatever? Um, and instead it's this, as you were saying, it's like, how we understand the human elements of all of these things and um, the idea of theology being humans trying to sort out what we believe about God and what we can understand about God. And then also the world around us in light of that. And that uh, rather than thinking of it as this very super specific scientific focus of the study of God, which is, you know, the definition it's instead it's that idea of it's human talk about God mm. sorting out, which I believe is a James Cone quote, yeah. <laughs> not my own. <laughs> um, but it's that sorting out of our own ideas and questions and concerns with the information that we have. And, and yeah, and that there's always that human element to it that, uh, when we're looking either at the Bible or other sources, the church history, um, practical ac- uh, applications of things that you always have to keep in mind that these are human people doing everything and that there's yeah. a lot there with yeah. it. And not, not one person has the authority. Yeah. Um, sorry. To my Southern Baptist pastors, unfortunately, well, yeah, because you know, unfortunately, as my old my former boss used to say, like, unfortunately, we don't actually have a direct recording Mm-mm. from God on high. No, 
here okay. is everything. You know, what we have is a text that has been written by humans. Um, and regardless of what your understanding of that is, you know, cause, and I'm sure we will someday dive into the whole, um, biblical inspiration debate, but I don't touch, I don't touch the Bible, Christy. <laughs> we don't touch, we don't touch the actual Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not biblical studies people, but, um, even if it, you know, even at the most kind of like God had a lot to do with it stance, it's still, there's still obvious human element that has to be considered. For sure. Um, and I think so. practical theologians historically have wrestled with that. Well, we didn't, we don't even wrestle with it. We just accept it, that it is sort of that way. We do wrestle sometimes with what does that mean for truth? Like that, mm -hmm. you know, who, if, if everyone's, you know, we're, we're abstracting stuff that people have done, where in lies the actual um, sort of God truth. And, you know, there's, uh, Kaufman writes about that and he says there's reality God and then there's God and we we don't we can't ever know reality God that's what makes reality God yeah. God yeah that what we get is God which is what we construct essentially and you right. don't you don't have to buy into that of course but but then if you you know that could be a little unnerving for some people but I think actually if you really ponder it, like it means that what we're getting is, is kind of maybe what we're supposed to be getting, you know, and that maybe is a whole mm -hmm. lot of different stuff. Maybe you watch lost or Buffy the vampire slayer. And I'm listening to, you know, neutral milk hotel and we're, <laughs> and we get some sort of inspiration to go write something or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure that those are, are not, direct lines it's just that we don't claim that they are the absolute sort yeah. of truth for every single human i think i think um one of the my favorite thing i just i remember it so clearly when i read this essay by tf torrance uh talking about his understanding of of the bible and he talked about it as a second tier incarnation mm. saying that um much like jesus is the incarnate God. And therefore we have to have a full robust understanding of his humanity. We have to have the same for the Bible a full robust understanding of the humanity of the Bible. Um, and that was one of those kind of very eye opening moments for me of like, this is not just important for us to keep in mind, but like an incredibly liberating and significant aspect that was intentional, you know? Mm. Um, and I think for us, it became liberating. And this may be actually a gender issue as well in some ways. Mm -hmm. I think for us, you know, it was where some people might see it as being incredibly um, sort of uh, scary to not have sort of someone saying this is exactly what you're supposed to think and how you're supposed to do and this is coming directly from god and it's these five theologians that got it exactly right or whatever um and they're all somehow protestant and german it's very strange <laughs> Always. God, god was very and white so god very, really loved the germans <laughs> very specific i remember when i went to to um edinburgh and they're like it would probably benefit you to to take german and i was like but why but why? <laughs> oh god the first time i met with my supervisor i asked her if i needed to learn german and she said god no god god no god no or, god. <laughs> well i didn't so yeah. that's i a, tried that i that tried ship, first ship has sailed. <laughs> i think i also did it for a semester and it was free you know yeah, was, same. i had a, a free class through the yeah and it was, oh, I learned absolutely, I know how to say apple, but it's because it's basically the same. <laughs> nope. Nope. I took French in high school and that's about as well. You and I both, or no, you didn't have to take Greek and Hebrew, did you? I did not. No. Uh, this is, so this is a significant departure in our seminary experience. Indeed. Indeed. 
I really only did systematic theology. <laughs> uh, so of the two of us, you are actually the closer to the Bible scholar. I'm closer to the Lord. I thought that's what you're about to say. You have, you have more brownie points with Jesus than I do. Well, that's what happens <laughs> when you got that master's O divinity. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did a MDiv, but they had different tracks, which I actually appreciated at Mercer. And I will give them a plug. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And they have the research track. This is when I was going there. So guys, if you're interested, look at their website. But they had a research track, a counseling track, and then like a business administration track. So Mm -hmm. it's like your mom, whenever you go to college and you're like, I'm going to become an art major. And she's like, well, also major in business, maybe too. (laughs) Which is a a true story from one of my roommates, I should say. Um, (laughs) I think it was a, mi- a minor in business, but um, it was kind of helpful in that stuff, but also helpful in just yeah. whatever career you want to do to have both of those. So I did the the research track of that MDiv, but oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, so I went to Denver Seminary, which again, I had a fantastic time with that program, but they had just started the MA in theology. So I was part of the first graduating class um, from that program, which was exciting, but Actually, I want to go back to what you said, because I think it does have a lot of um, a lot to do with our gender and the fact that we both entered into this very male dominated world um, and that finding more freedom in understanding what theology is, is it gave us the freedom to be part of this world. Mm. And I was only one of two girls in the program. um, And so, you know, there was a lot of uh, just obvious, um, difference in my classmates and my faculty were really supportive, but the pushback we got, my friend and I, um, we got for just being in the room Mm. really was significant and, and shaping. And I think when I started finding these theologians who were really open to talking about how theology is this wrestling with God um, and this kind of working out of our own understandings. It, it allowed me to have a lot more space in sometimes difficult situations. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, you all have heard all the stories of me growing up Southern, but well, not all of them. There's more to come. Um, there's so many. There's so many. But one of the things was the gender issue and me wanting to, to go be a minister. And I think one of the reasons I give big shout outs to Mercers because uh, Maccabee School of Theology, specifically where I went, is because they, they kind of started a new project. And they were like, look, we're Baptists um, and they're cooperative Baptists. So they ordain women. Um, but it was a new seminary and they were kind of trying it out and I was definitely not in the first sort of five or six years of that but I came in and around that mm-hmm. and it was a lot of professors who had come from southern seminary and a lot of these places you know that that women typically weren't getting these what would be considered kind of proper degrees and so you know they they were teaching you know me and telling me you can do this and Mm -hmm. preach and here's how you preach and here's how you learn theology and you can do it and yeah and you need to go on and get your PhD and all this sort of stuff and I just it was a really we had kind of flipped versions of seminary I think in some way Christy because mine was more like we want you to do this like we're invest I feel like they were investing in I feel like yeah and I I my faculty were very invested. Oh in, yeah, of course. And and very supportive and had you know same things. I remember um, Dr. Chung saying, you know, you need to go get a PhD. Um, it was like the community at large that was more difficult. Yeah, and I think it's okay to kind of yeah, absolutely, and to call that out and to say like yeah, we'll, we'll go into and having difficult conversations because you were talking about looking at some of the podcasts around. The, that are based on theology and there's not a lot of women mm-hmm. that are in that world. I know some of them and we'll definitely have 
some of them on, yeah. uh, as well as our, our male counterparts and those who are all the spectrum of genders. And yes, I did say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Well, and we want to make sure, yeah, that we're including, because as both white women too, that we're including mm. oh, voices yeah. that we also are privileged, um, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, this is not like a way, way, way. No, we, we speak a lot true. from our own situation. But I think I, I do think it makes us a, a little more cognizant of struggles that happen in other mm-hmm. communities, not understanding in any way, because that is completely outside of my understanding. Yeah. But a little bit more aware that they happen. For sure. Yeah. I think it, it opened my eyes a lot to just. Um, again, in those situations, what it was like to be kind of shut down and to be looked at in certain ways and realizing that while I don't experience that regularly, it's a terrible thing to experience. Um, especially when you're just there to learn and to be part of the, what you think is supposed to be a loving, welcoming community. 100%. So here is, uh, if you guys have any ideas of people who you think would add to this conversation which is probably everybody in the whole universe but if you have any (laughs) theologians that you especially love and you think could maybe um you know provide insights into a world that maybe isn't on podcast right now yeah we would absolutely love to hear it because again very aware that other people are dealing with different things but um in no way understand those worlds in a deep way so we would love to hear from those folks for sure um Shall we move to your question of the the week? Yes. Yeah. So um, we. I will say uh, I'm on my second poor I am, mar- martini. And look, I don't know how to count these because my glass is so small that I've just been pouring as we've been going. And I feel like I love everybody right now. <laughs> the more that I talk about other people, I'm just like, God, I just love everybody. It's, you know, it, here's the thing. And, and this is actually. I don't drink martinis. And this is probably why. I was thinking about this earlier today because part of the inspiration for the podcast was that what often happens with me, I don't know if this happens with you, but is that I will be drinking with my friends and then somebody will ask me a theology question and they always tell me that my best answers come when I'm a little drunk because I don't (laughs) hold back. (laughs) And so I I was like, what if we just did this for like a podcast? I mean, but also, but also it's like, I hope that, I remember one friend who I do hope to get on the podcast and um, I, well, I won't call it out now because I don't know if they want to be name dropped, but <laughs> anyway, I do want them to get in, but, but they had talked about um, that. You want to feel like you're hanging out with like your aunts basically. Yes. And this is yes. the same. It's just that your aunts are drinking martinis together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like, yeah, and like comfortably asking the questions, and also then having hilarious conversations in the midst, and of also it. messing up. Sorry, again, messing up for sure. And, and like, can I emphasize switchfoot? I'm sorry. <laughs> we we love you, switchfoot. We have. I mean, maybe a switchfoot we do. Stan I have... account. <laughs> oh God, yeah. No, I don't need to say. Anything. I don't. I haven't heard any albums in a long time. But I'm gonna assume that I still love you, and I'm gonna buy. Yeah, a lot of your merch. A, a lot of the merch when we go and we scream loudly at the concerts. Um, in two different states in two different states because unfortunately Mm. it's right in the middle of term (laughs) right right unfortunately (laughs) you chose you chose a bad month but that's fine really not your fault why can't it be the summer Uh, (laughs) we still love you so much and we know that you're not skilled (laughs) i do also remember having like a very vague crush on the brother so like the lead singer is john i heard but his, and also I saw, I looked it up. His <laughs> brother was is so in poor. the band. And I don't remember his name, but I remember having a crush on the brother. Well, if the brother's out there, reach out. Hey, slide into my DMs. Um, okay, which actually leads me into <laughs> the, the unscripted question of the week um, okay. for Liet. So, okay, I'm right. Wait, this went badly last time, but okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, purity culture oh do you have any weird hangovers from purity culture like 
my inspiration was that I was looking at pictures from the Met Gala. Oh. And I realized that every now and then, and it's like weird stuff of that I understand in my head. And if you asked me about it, I'd be like, no, that's not immodest or whatever. But I have like a knee-jerk reaction still. Sure. Do you have any of that? Yeah. And and I will say, just to say, purity culture was uh, this point, I think, in a lot of, I, I guess, kind of evangelical, but also Southern Baptist, which I don't know if, I guess we are evangelical, but like, yeah, I know, we, no, we are. We are for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, why? Well, I can only speak for my own journey in that. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, it's a point where basically I think it hit kind of the peak in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Or still rocking out, I don't know. Um, but it was sort of a thing where women were taught very much that we were kind of the cause of, of all sin. lots of sinful situations that came to sex and that we had to reel that in and not cause a brother to stumble and you know, <laughs> blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of plays related to girls getting pregnant, uh-huh. which, <laughs> again, can be a conversation for another day. Well, yeah. let's just see how how far down that rabbit political rabbit hole we can get. So, um, I hangups. Um, I well, speaking of political stuff, actually, I do get really, really, really upset about things like Roe versus Wade and the overturning of that. Um, and not mm-hmm. just for like a women's rights perspective, which of course it is, um, in my opinion. Yeah. And But I think also because we were taught such poor sex ed when I was growing up. Oh yeah. Terrible. Like, terrible. Like I didn't even know anything. I, think I just they was a piece of gum. I, that's all I got out of it. <laughs> the miracle of birth where they just like some economics teacher showed us a baby <laughs> being born, which if you've not seen that, I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-mm. You've had kids, you've probably seen it or experienced, or experienced it. it. We are sorry. <laughs> we are very sorry. <laughs> or maybe we're not. It's a miracle. I don't know. Um, but I think for that, I get really, I have a reaction um, because uh, I do think women should have, uh, and I don't care. I, I think they should have the choice uh, over their own bodies, no matter what kind of situation you're in. But I think especially for women growing up in this culture, because we were taught so poorly about everything to do with sex, because the idea was you just shouldn't do it. And that wasn't really what was happening. So what ended up happening is that you were taught you shouldn't do it, but then you weren't taught if you do do it, how you should do it. Right. And I think that the combination of that and these sort of legislations that are coming out make me quite upset um and that's that's a reaction again it's personal you you can have your own personal views on that i don't mind i'm just saying as someone who grew up in it i had that reaction very very specifically related to um sex ed and the lack lack thereof um i also find myself sometimes which you'll see this if you see me out in the world is i have um i like to wear clothes that show off my body and I think I'm pretty happy with that I don't mind being a theologian who wears where wears a push-up bra I think it's fantastic and yeah. I I truly admire it because it's owning your femininity like you're being a woman and having a body in spaces where most of the time we see like you know cover up or yeah and that you can't be a real academic unless you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's where my um, sort of rebellion against it comes in, which is like, I'm, I, I'm kind of over it. I don't, yeah. I don't need your validation and I don't need to hide myself away to be legitimate. Like yeah. this is me who I am and you don't have to like it. And that's, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. So I'd say that's, that's too I don't know if they're hangups because I really um we can also talk about this journey I rejected that culture pretty quickly yeah but I don't think I have any sort of like hellfire hangups over it it's mostly just sort of things I see out in the world or reactions to things that I do that I I know I think that's exactly it because I I occasionally will notice that I'm having reactions to things 
And, and when I examine those reactions, I realize, oh, it's because of these things I learned, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's it for me. So my question to you, because Christy yeah. gave me um, the topic of purity culture is, did you have any kind of, so I should start out to say, I have a ring that I wear on my, oh. my middle bird finger. This is a great question. That is my purity ring. Your purity ring. So when and I was, I, but I still wear it because I want to, but yeah. not because I'm, that, that boat has sailed. You <laughs> did not give it to Nadia Bowles Weber to. I, I didn't to make it the, the penis. Did she do a penis? I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. She did something. Um, <laughs> something cool with it, but yeah. So do you have any of that? Do you have? I any don't. So here's the story. Um. When I was in high school, my parents were not super into the whole of evangelicalism. And so they didn't, like, we didn't always have uh, every bit of information. And all of my friends were getting the purity rings. And they all were the, the clotter ring, the Irish clotter oh, ring. Okay. And my, my mom, and this is, I don't know why they were, because it wasn't like just a lot of Irish people in my high school but um that's what all of them were and my mom was like they all think they are anyway so they all do yeah <laughs> my mom said to me one day she was like so all of your friends are getting this ring and it's like supposed to be for you know you remaining pure or whatever and I was like yeah I know and she goes but the, the ring is really ugly so what we're gonna do is give you a watch <laughs> I love your mom right now <laughs> she was like so she gave me a watch and said, whenever I looked at it, I should think it's time to be right with God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kathy. 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 Yeah. That so mom's called Kathy. So this is very helpful. <laughs> so I had a watch instead of a ring, which is, I oh mean, just God. like. No, but the key is that bit she said. Yeah. That, that real. It's time to be right with God, which. I have to say, like, they always bought me nice watches because of it. I was say, like, I, you can say whatever if you buy me a nice enough watch. <laughs> My friends are like, look at your nice watch. Yes. Will you yes. finally be on time to meeting us for brunch? No. Never. Not, that's not what watches lunch. are for. Why would I do that? No. Why I'm would not I be on time for anything? <laughs> it's like a little instruction manual for your watch. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's good job, Kathy. I like that. Yeah. Creative they are, my parents. <laughs> well done. My parents, I don't think, had much um, notion that this stuff was... It, again, it's tough with Southern culture and religion just sort of, like, mixed into this... Yeah, into this yeah. bigger, like, world mm -hmm. where it's the sort of division between, like, church and just life, like, or not really, like... Yeah. Like, they maybe didn't know the ins and outs of, like rob bell or whoever i don't know fill in the blank who was the big it wasn't rob bell who was the big guy that wrote uh like you're you're supposed to not date or something? oh joshua yeah. harris i kissed David yeah Mackay, which my parents oh, also okay. told me was a bunch of bullshit oh, okay <laughs> amazing well yeah so they didn't know those folks but it was like it was expected that you yeah. would be like a lady right right like, for sure in, in whatever way that meant so yeah I think, yeah, I just, I remember when they gave it to me, again, the focus was primarily on the idea that my mom thought the rings were ugly and I just really wanted to watch. That's so amazing. <laughs> so that's how I got out of having a purity ring. <laughs> you got to watch. Do you still have the watch? I do not. I, I still wear a watch. I don't have that watch. It, I was a very skinny, tiny human. And it just and flew, it flew off your arm at a my foot, wrist had, concert one day. I, I saw this. We were cleaning out my parents' basement, and I saw this watch, and I was like, this watch is a child size watch. Oh. <laughs> Who put this on me? Kathy. Um, Kathy did. Kathy did. Time to be right with God. Mm, love it. Yeah. I want that. We need to get necklaces that so we can give each other. <laughs> We're gonna make when we start making merch, y'all. This is oh my gosh, one of our. <laughs> That's perfect, and we're just gonna put a little line that says Kathy. Kathy. 
And it could be Christy's mom. It could be be either one. Yes. We don't know. Fun fact, Leah and I, our moms share the same name. Yeah. With uh, both with a K, it should be K. Yep. K. Yeah. So our merch will be ambiguous. (laughs) Much like like our theology. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, look at how you tied it all back. Oh, do it's you like see that? Good at this. Gosh, I should write a book. <laughs> or drink Speaking another of, drink Leah. another one of these martinis. I'm not sure which one. Tell us tell us again about your book. I and... shall. So my book is Bad Theology, Oppression in the Name of God. You can get it at SDM Press. My husband did tell me today that it's also on Amazon. Mm. Um, but I would prefer SDM Press, but I understand. Yes. Like you follow your heart on that one and uh, the only difference is I don't, and I can't confirm this, but I don't think I get like five cents on the book or whatever I got from Amazon. Right. I don't know what it is. You it don't could make be more book on Amazon. Well, and also, you know, support the, the publishers. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. wait, let me start this over. Buy it on SCM Press. Yes. That's the only place that it is. <laughs> and it's linked on our Instagram and it our is. Facebook. It is. It is indeed. And um, we are having a book launch party in Charlotte at Petty Thieves Brewery on May 11th at 7 p.m. And that's going to come along with a live podcast, correct? It is. It is. Which is is. also linked on our Instagram and Facebook. Look at us. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. And so, yeah, come to that if you're in Charlotte. And if not, tune in and, um, yeah, buy the book. It'd be great. I mean, I, I want people to read it. I make the joke about. SCM is actually amazing, and and I don't. I'm not just saying that they are amazing. Um, we don't make a ton on these books, but we do, you know, okay. But yeah. mostly, we we write them for people to read them. Yeah, like, these are. It's it's a very like. I'm yeah, gonna, SCM is one of my favorite presses, and I yeah, uh, I fun. the dream is to get published by them someday. So we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Um, but yeah, so uh, buy it from them. Cause it's good. Yeah. Good to support. Yeah. So I think we're at 50 minutes, 52. Yeah. We went, 52. We went long guys. Uh, please hit us up on all of the things with your questions and dear God, please give us better drink suggestions for next week because, Oh my gosh. I don't oh my know. God. I'm, I'm even on to number three. Yeah. We, okay. I, I am almost finished with what I made and Oh, walking is going to be like, Look, it's good for the, although I'm a little concerned that it's firefighters, but I know, you know what are they doing? Look, this podcast is a judge free zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you drink what you want to drink, what you, you feel drink, right in but, your heart. But don't, maybe don't fight fires after you but drink. Don't this do party. anything important after you've drank this. We're going to watch the season finale of a reality show. So yeah. that's probably where you should go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Bye y'all. Bye.